Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. If you don't know, after our service here, uh, every Sunday we have a bilingual service that goes on from another vineyard church that's a Hispanic vineyard, uh, and they, are, they do their entire service uh, with translating back and forth. And so it doesn't matter if you are an English speaker, hearer, uh, or Spanish, or you're trying to learn uh, somewhere in between both. They have services just an hour after ours end, and uh, we just continue to partner with them. It's been, it's been fantastic. Um, you know, God's been doing all kinds of cool stuff through our churches being able to work together. Um, I'm learning a little bit more Espanol. We're going to invite our ushers to come forward uh, and do an offering together. If you're new to church or haven't been in a long time, this is just where we're, we're, giving, we're, giving, our, we're giving our money away. Um, this is a chance for us to give back to the things that God has given to us. And for anybody who has been here for a long time, you guys just know uh, we recognize the, the good work costs money. And so um, we give towards the good work. And God, we just thank you for the good work we've been able to do. Uh, that when people said that this church wasn't going to survive, that you just kept on kicking. And you kept on keeping us afloat, not just afloat, but blessing us and keeping us away from fear and worry. We just pray that you would multiply it and increase it so that we would be able to reach more people in this city and beyond. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And hopefully in your program there, if you're not somebody that keeps cash or check on you, I think it can walk you through uh, how to do it through our, our church app. Anyways, all right, we got a lot of stuff going on, okay? Hopefully you got a program when you came in. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, the biggest thing coming up soon is an Easter egg hunt. I don't know if you saw people out in the lobby, but uh, they have been... <laughs> well, for one, any of you who donated candy, I love you. Good job. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We wouldn't have been able to, to do any of this without that. Uh, and we had people volunteering in the lobby packing the plastic eggs, bloody fingers, from, if I'm, and I'm serious, if you've never done this before, the pinches, you learn what pinches are when you, when you fill up hundreds or thousands of eggs. Uh, but we're going to be hiding at least a few thousand eggs. We're not quite sure. We've lost count at this point, but at least a few thousand eggs uh, next week on, or what are we coming up on Saturday, next Saturday, I believe. Uh, it's April 1st at 2 p.m. The next thing that we need help with for that is people to hide eggs. And so uh, if you want to help hide eggs, we're asking that you show up an hour before the event, so 1 p.m. Um, it, it doesn't take a super long time to hide the eggs, but uh, even when there's a few thousand of them or more, the kids will pick them all up in four to six minutes. It's pretty amazing. 
uh, but we need your help to spread them across the land. More information in the program about that. Okay. Whew. She knows. How you guys doing? Hey, good. Good, good. See if I can make that, make that bad for a little while. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, what we're going to talk about today is uh, making something better. Just making something better. Uh, what I mean is, um, you know, it can be making something better in your own life, of course. I think you have to do some of that first. Um, maybe. But maybe focusing on making something better outside of your own life uh, ends up making everything better. Uh, when you focus on when you focus on something else other than you, how many of you would admit that you're focused on you? Like you're just stuck on you. I'm stuck on me a lot of the time. And I'm like, what about, but I'm sad today. Right? And it's about me. And the thing that I just am continually reminded of, and it's been a good couple weeks, just that uh, the more and more you stop focusing on you, the more you're able to make something better, make something better in the world. Um, most of us, when we get to that point of, let's, you know, I had to, to do, do a funeral recently, and it's one of those, it's one of those times where everything becomes super, um, all of a sudden it zooms in on you, and it, and it gets real, right? There's people sitting around, and it's, it's the end of things for somebody, or maybe it's not the end. Maybe it's just the beginning of a, a new incredible journey for them. But you're getting together and you're trying to celebrate their life. You're mourning their death. And in that funeral place, you kind of remember that, man, it, focusing on me was really stupid. I really should have worked on making something better. I really should have worked on making the world better somehow. I really should have worked on like, leaving a legacy behind that when you are in that casket, also, if I ever, I, I want to tell as many people as possible, I do not want a casket for me. If I die and you're helping with it in some way, no casket because, I mean, for me, it's, and I'm not against caskets or anything. I just, if you want to make me into a tree or something, That'd be cool. Um, just because it's, it's, not, it's not us anymore. Um, you don't have a soul. You are a soul. And um, when you die here, your soul isn't dead. It just moves to a different place, a different place that's permanent. The Bible talks about us being in a, a tent here, that we're in a tent while we're humans. I don't know if you guys have ever stayed more than two nights in a tent, but it sucks. And they just, they break down. And I don't know if you've ever been in a fight. I mean, that's a, I think that's Mitch Hedberg. But you get in a fight in a tent, it's hard to slam the flap. <laughs> you got it, you're in a... <laughs> Anyways. Sorry, I have ADD. Um, <laughs> this, this earthly life can pass away. 
and it just describes it as a tent. It doesn't describe it as any kind of, uh, you know, we don't have a condominium. We don't have, uh, we don't have anything that's even remotely strong. We have a tent. And the Bible talked about a tent back then, a couple thousand years ago. The tents were not as advanced as they are today. They were just susceptible to every wind, every, everything that would come along. Anyway, so today I'm talking about how do you make something better. Um, I believe that once you get past that selfishness spot of how do I make me better all the time, you start to think about how do I make something better? How do I leave behind a legacy? How do I uh, give my kids something life-changing that they'll carry out into the world? How do I make a mark on this world? How do I make an impact for Christ if I'm trying to do that? How do I love people the way that he called me to? How do I make something better? So let's look at a couple things. Um, These are from 2008, 2018 when I looked these things up. But um, the number of confirmed homeless people in Cincinnati as of 2018 is 9,675. Uh, and it has, gr- it has grown in the last five years. Um, the number of American children struggling with hunger, 16.7 million. And now that number is jumping up quickly because of the inflation stuff. I have never talked about inflation in my life. Like, people talked about it. I'm like, yeah, 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 that's... Yeah, it's rough. All of a sudden, it's actually rough. If you buy groceries, I have like five adult-sized humans at my house that eat all kinds of stuff. Like, oh, what are we doing? For, 47 million refugees uh, have been forced to, live, to leave their homes worldwide. Again, this was 2018. It has jumped up incredibly. Uh, I'm one of the people who starts to look at some of these statistics. I love statistics, and I get overwhelmed. Uh, it's kind of overpowering. You get overwhelmed by the things that happens. And um, do you guys watch the news? Who watches the news? May I challenge you to stop? Um, to to really to really just stop. Um, and again, I've said it before, but unless you're going to, however much time you're spending on the news, spend that amount of time reading the Bible or something so you can kind of see what both sides are up to, right? Because the news is, <laughs> any of you been uplifted by the news anytime recently? <laughs> I, I guess that's what I'll say. And so here's the weird thing is that now, so we're in 2023, we're the most advanced society ever to be, right? Right? And we're less happy than ever. What the heck? Why is that? Why is that happening? We're lonely. We're lonely? That's part of it for sure. It is. Confusion? I don't know. What do you mean by that? Where are you? Yeah, yeah. 
Lisa. Sure. I do know. I do know. Um, one of the biggest things, though, that is, uh, it, it is a measured, very um, known mathematical, scientific phenomenon that has been going on for quite a few years now that we now know about every natural disaster in the world. We now know about atrocities that are going on everywhere in the world, uh, nonstop, that we never knew about before, right? The internet has brought about a new ability to know about the bad things that are happening in the world. So uh, for a long time there, it was like, oh, what's going on outside of our town? Oh, it looks like there was a... And so, of course, it's like a black and white photo in a newspaper, and it's of a snowstorm. <laughs> You're like, oh, I get it. We, there wasn't a connection for a long time. There wasn't a connection for the longest time for hundreds, thousands of years about what was happening in the other parts of the world. And now it is here, and it's in our face massively, and it affects us. It hurts. Because you see certain things going on. And what's, what's happening is you have been genetically wired to hate those things. You've been made in the image of God. And God hates those things that are atrocities. And so you've been wired in that same way to go, no, this, no, no. For me, um, with my job in particular, um, it has become interesting over the last, I don't know how many years, even, I, I, how long have I been a pastor, Allison? Do you know? Me either. At least five years, less than 20. <laughs> but with, with my job, one of the things that constantly shows up is... Um, another layer of bad news every day uh, we're a church this is a, a church and every day in this place even though there's you know there's not a million of us in here there's tragedy every day that happens like something happens someone dies someone loses a job someone uh, their marriage is crumbling someone their kids are going nuts someone there's there's a tragedy kind of every day Blah, blah, blah. What I'm saying is um, if you're a person in the room today who has ever felt like, why can't I just be okay? Why am I struggling so much when my parents, my grandparents, my yada, yada didn't seem to struggle as much? Um, yeah, they did. We now have words for what they were feeling. We now have more information for what they were feeling, what they were going through. And so if you're, one of the biggest struggles for me with any kind of mental health stuff, with anything with um, talking about medications or anything like that, immediately the feeling is I'm a wuss. And so how do you, how do you get past that? Men, if you're in this room and maybe somebody said you need to get help, 
that you need to talk to somebody and you're afraid of getting on medication because you're a wuss, um, I don't know, come and fight me. <laughs> because you're going to get stronger if you get on the right things and it doesn't mean that it's, it's right for you. There's a lot of stuff that's wrong. For some people, it's getting off of things. But if you're a person in the room who's ever felt like, I'm a wimp because of this, or why can't I just be okay? People haven't been okay for a long time. A lot of me gets kind of stuck on things, and I, I will go through circular, um, uh, my anxiety stuff ends up going through circular uh, thoughts, um, you know, the, the thoughts that you cannot get rid of that will begin to build and grow and get worse and worse and worse, and unless you do something to stop them, they're going to get out of control. Um, and part of me just goes, well, Ryan, why can't you just get over that stuff? Why can't you just um, get back to work and quit reading stuff, quit listening to stuff, quit, quit hearing stuff? Uh, a lot of me, I, I want to do that. I want to do that. Sometimes I can't do that. We know about what's happening all over the world now, and it's one of the big things that none of us will put our, our finger on about why it's a, a struggle in 2023, I do want you to know that's a big old piece of it, that we're able to see all of the bad things that are going on all the time. So there's our problem, right? There's our problem. 1046, there's our problem. Let's try and get into some kind of solution with it. Galatians chapter 6 says... Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. Let us not grow weary in doing good. I have grown weary in doing good many times, to the point where I stopped doing good with people, to the point where I was fed up with people, to the point where I gave up with people, to the point where uh, I couldn't take people letting me down again in some way or taking advantage of me in some way or whatever. Uh, I, have let, I have let the doing good become something that um, was a negative in my life before. And I've also had those experiences where it's incredible and it's the thing that gives me access to a life that's better than, than the one I had before. It says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. I love this because this is the Apostle Paul who's writing this, and he gets it. Um, some of us get tired of doing good. Paul had to have gotten tired of doing good. Doing good got Paul locked in prison. Doing good got Paul killed. And so he said, you know what? Sometimes this is a real drag. Sometimes I get fed up serving people. Uh, I get sick of trying to care uh, about certain things. Um, 
I become weary in doing good. It gets old sometimes. But the thing that Paul is saying here is that I know it gets old sometimes, but don't give up. Don't let yourself get tired of doing good in the world. I know it's easier to just ignore the problems and hope somebody else fixes them. I know it's easy to feel like it can't be fixed, and so why, can, why would you even try? You don't even know how to fix it, but don't give up is what he's saying. Don't give up. Galatians 6, it says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, as we have opportunity, and opportunity can be a million different things. Mostly opportunity, though, is time. As we have opportunity, as we have time, it says, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. As you have time, especially those who belong to the, the household with you, those who belong to the workplace with you, those who belong to school with you, those who belong to your close group, man. Did you, have you guys ever experienced the situation where um, so the, the one that's always in my mind is uh, a classroom, like say it's a, a second grade classroom and there are 28 students in the classroom and the teacher has 27 cookies. And maybe you've been in this place before where it gets figured out and they say, um, no, we can't give these out because we don't have enough for everybody. And, if, and so you say, well, can I have one? I won't tell anybody. <laughs> Nobody's got enough. And maybe she says, no, because if I give you one, I have to have one for everyone, right? And I don't have enough for everyone. If I gave you one, I'd have to have enough for everyone. This is not biblical. It's not biblical. As weird as that sounds. If I gave you one, I'd have to give one to everyone. No, actually, what we're called to do is to do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Do for one what you wish you could do for everybody. I love this too because it kind of flies in the face of the, you know, those phrases you've heard a million times like, well, if I do it for you, then I have to do it for everyone. If I give one to you, I have to give one to... Shut up. No, you don't. You don't. And you knew when you were a kid that they, when they said that, you were like, no, you don't. You can just give, you can give me like four of them. I told you I'm not going to tell. <laughs> you, do, you certainly don't have to do that. I have to give you one. I have to give one to everyone. Where did that come from? What, what happens though is there's weird things like from when we're kids, we end up bringing those into our adult lives and we miss these really, really powerful opportunities with people that you can do for one the thing that you wish you could do for everyone. But how many of you are the person who are like, 
well, I can't, I can't start doing that. I'll, I don't have enough to be able to, maybe you never help out somebody who's homeless and they're asking for money they're, or maybe they have a sign up or a bucket out or they're just sitting there. You know, you're heading into a Reds game, a Bengals game, a anything, you're downtown and there's, there's homeless people everywhere. 2023, I'm guessing it's over 10,000 at this point. And so are you the person who has made that decision that, well, I, just, I never give to anybody. Because if I do it for one, I get, this ain't cookie town anymore. You're adults. <laughs> you can do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. You can do that. It's one of the fun things about being a grown-up. And so you have a responsibility. The question becomes not just, uh, what should I do? It becomes, well, who is the one then? If I can do for one what I wish I could do for everyone, well, who's, who's the one then? The thing we see about Jesus is a funny example that, you know, Jesus didn't baptize everybody that wanted him to baptize them. He baptized some and not other people. Um, Jesus was going to all kinds of wedding receptions uh, and they ran out of wine at multiple wedding receptions and uh, Jesus could have jumped up and said, I got it. But he didn't. He only did it for for one of them. Um, And so maybe you get busted and you do for one what you wish you could do for everyone and somebody else sees it and goes, eh, I wanted a cookie too. And now they're all gone because you didn't have enough for everybody. You didn't have enough for everybody. That's not fair. What you can tell them is that that's, that's, uh, fair is the place where pigs win ribbons. There, there isn't, there isn't fair. Uh, the, we've been made in the image and likeness of, of God. What I'm trying to get to is that um, we have been wired in a certain way to bless and like spoil and do for one what we wish we could do for everyone all the time. That if we're the people who go, no, I want to keep everything fair and balanced and simple, and I guarantee you're never going to do anything. One of the tips that you can use for this idea of one, not everyone, and these are just a couple things you could take down as notes if you want to, but my suggestion would be to go deep rather than wide. Go deep rather than wide. Um, so when we're talking about doing for one what you wish you could do for everyone, a lot of times that has nothing to do with money. It has to do with your time, with your friendship, with your talent, with your opportunity, with your, you know, where I wish that I could give all of my friends this amount of attention but right now, this friend needs a bunch. 
And I have to do for one what I wish I could do for everyone. And I have to not ever be in that place of worrying that uh, I'm, I'm messing up. I'm not giving them an equal amount. Fair is the place where pigs win ribbons. We're not in a place that was ever made to be fair. And so we go deep rather than wide. We, we have the three-hour-long conversation multiple times rather than the three-minute-long conversation with 40 people. Another note, if you'd like to record, is to go long-term rather than short-term. Go long-term rather than short-term. Uh, one of the ways that you can give someone yourself and you can build into them and you can grow them and change them is to, to, to go long-term rather than short-term. One of the things I've made mistakes with is so many times going, well, yeah, hey, let me pray for you right now. Do, 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 Jesus' name, amen. See ya! <laughs> and it's just short-term and it's nothing, but the thing that works a thousand times better is saying, hey, why don't you have me as a friend on Facebook and we'll start uh, Facebook Messenger and go back and forth and then we end up talking until two in the morning about everything in the world and you spend more time doing it. The last little note on this one would be to go time and not just money. Go time and not just money. If you're looking to do for one what you wish you could do for everyone, go time and not just money. Um, some of us have given money to missionaries. Uh, some of us have, you know, I know some of you in this room, you get tons and tons and tons and tons of things in the mail that are constantly asking for money because you have given to things. You've supported things. You've tried to help in different ways. But you get more and more and more and more of those requests. And you can get to that point where you're like, you know what, I, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Or you're spending the money on them and you're not feeling anything. You don't have any connection to what it's doing in the world. Go deep rather than wide. Go long rather than short-term, go time, not just money. Um, we had a guy in our, our men's small group quite a few years ago named Eric. Um, and Eric kind of showed up out of nowhere. Um, he was a boyfriend of someone in my wife's women's group and he just kind of showed up and wanted to be in our men's small group. And we're like, who is this guy? But he had an incredible story. And it sounded like God was doing all kinds of things in his life. We're, we're getting just kind of to know him. And then he drops the, the bomb on us that, yeah, I just, um, I just quit crack cocaine like 10 or 11, 10 days ago. 10 days, 4 hours, 23 minutes. And we're like, oh, Really? Really? <laughs> That's kind of a big one. And so he's just dealing with different stuff than most of us were, and we're going through conversation, and then things are suddenly in a completely different 
zone. Suddenly there's, you know, he, he shows up a couple weeks later and he's struggling with sobriety. He's struggling with wanting to take his life. Struggling with identity, every kind of thing possible. Struggling with his family disowning him. Struggling with laws he's broken. Struggling with all these different things. And just to be able to circle around him. And I was just so proud of my men's group that they circled around him. They just supported him. I remember him getting uh, rides to go and get his driver's license from people. I remember uh, people helping to move, helping to get him different, you know, silverware and, and furniture and all kinds of things for an apartment, just all these different things. And And at some point, Eric relapsed. He ran off. He, he left his girlfriend. He, he left us. We didn't see him for forever. And I get an email three or four years later from Eric. And he's just pouring his heart out, saying, I just want to let you know that I've been sober for almost three years. And one of the things that has just never, ever, ever stopped in my head is just the way that you guys helped me and the way that you guys loved me and that I was able to actually tell you that I had just recently quit crack cocaine and that, and he just kept going about all these things and that he, he was just getting it together. He was getting it together and it's that thing that, it's that thing that's the reason why I'm here right now today. Where you do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Because if all of us just did that, uh, we might just end up changing the world. But certainly it would change the world of one person's world. It might just change the world of your world. Galatians 6, it says, Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity all of you are going to be getting opportunities this week like these opportunities that and some of you know the opportunity and you're just you're like uh uh talk to the hand and some of you are kind of uh, you know I'm oblivious to them a lot of times same way but we're going to be given all these opportunities to be able to to change somebody's world even this this upcoming week Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. As I know that not everybody in this room is a believer. Um, I guess if, if you're not a believer, or maybe you're not sure if you're a believer, I get that. Um, here's what I would say to you. Even if you stayed an atheist, or even if you stayed um, agnostic for the rest of your life, um, join in with this community of people and your life will be better overall than without us. I promise. Uh, this is the reason why many, many, many people gave their lives over to Christ and they were never even sure. Is this really true? But what they came to was an understanding that what I've found is this life of Christian walk together 
where people are striving for um, doing something better in the world, not just for them. It ends up being a better life overall with more joy, more peace, more purpose, more fulfillment, more joy, like more of, more of all those things. More people at your funeral. Man, I want, I'm trying to amp my funeral number up. All right, I think I'm done. (laughs) I know some of you in here right now are struggling real hard. I know it because uh, I go in and out of that constantly. And uh, when I'm in that struggling place is typically where I'm really, really, really focused on me. Um, I'm going to challenge you to get out of the house challenge you to uh, try to focus on something other than you. Try to start to shift your focus over to someone else. Um, I put on the stage here, there's probably 50 or so of our outreach cards. These are just little business cards that say, God loves you on one side, and then it has our logo and a QR code for our website on the other side. What we've used these for for years is just blessing people in the community. Uh, And so anyone who wants to come up here and and grab one, do not grab 26 of them. Some of you are like, I'm going to (laughs) do... Grab one or two. And go and do something to make something better with it. Pay for somebody's food at McDonald's. Um, If you go through the drive-thru, it's very simple... You go and get your food, and then you say, hey, also, I would like to pay for the person's food behind me. And then you hand them the card and say, would you just give them this, and that'll tell them why I did it. And it works every time. And they always do it. I'll watch. I'll be in the rearview mirror like. (laughs) And the McDonald's employee gives it to the person. Sometimes I've had them chase me down before, too. Why did you do that? I'm like, I don't know. I didn't realize it was going to be so expensive. (laughs) But you can do that with one of those. You can, you know, if somebody new moved onto your street, you can buy them flowers or or a a potted plant and give it to them. You can... uh, you know, you can come up with things to be able to do something to, to make something better. If you're in that spot of saying, um, I, I don't really feel like I can do anything because I don't know what I can even, what are my skills? That, hey, you use what you have. Yesterday, uh, I helped somebody from church to, to move a bunch of stuff because I have a truck. I have a truck. Oh, there you are. <laughs> I, but I have, I have a truck. You got to use what you just use what you have. You have a truck? Yes, I do. I can use that. What do you have? You can use that. If you're somebody who's saying, I don't have anything, you're full of crap. You need to work harder on adult thoughts. What do you have? Do you have a car? Do you have a job? Do you have paper? 
markers? Do you have, what do you have? Anyways, let's pray. God, I thank you for the, just everybody in this room today that we're all looking for something. We're looking for a deeper connection. We're looking for hope. We're looking for purpose. We're looking for meaning and value. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus, that you say we are worth it. That you died on a cross for us. Us! And we said, no, you got to be doing this for somebody else. It can't be for me. He said, no, it's, it's for you. And we thank you for believing, us when, believing in us when we don't, even, we don't even believe in ourselves a lot of times. I just pray that you would increase and expand the relationships in this room, that if anybody is feeling alone, if they're feeling um, outcast, if they're feeling like they don't belong anywhere, if they're feeling lost, if they're feeling hopeless, that you would find them. And you would meet them in that place and you would tell them that everything's going to be okay. Just say, come Holy Spirit. Thank you for loving us the way that you do. Thank you for expunging our records. So Jesus, we just lean into you because you just keep having a better way of doing stuff. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, God bless you guys. Uh, if we have any prayers... For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.